This is Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. Insights to give your business the inside track. And now, here's your host, Joel Block. Does storytelling work in a business environment, or are we just talking about fairy tales and uh, ideas for children? And if it <laughs> works, how do we craft a, a story that everyone in our organization can use? How do we make it powerful, consistent, and convincing? To answer those questions, Park Howell. Park, welcome to the show. Joel, thanks so much for having me here. So, uh, you know, you're you're a master storyteller, I understand. And uh, a lot of us think about storytelling, you know, as uh, something being for children. But, uh, you know, I, I, I personally happen to know better. I, I know that's not so. I just, you know, kind of put it out there that way. Uh, but tell us, uh, you know, from your perspective, what is storytelling? And, you know, what are we uh, what are we talking about here today? Well, what we are talking about is the single most powerful way to communicate with that homo sapien storytelling monkey sitting across from you. And I, I say that, you know, with a, a smile on my face because we are all innate storytellers. I mean, it is what has helped us survive the savannah and evolve into who we are today. When you stop to think about it, we being human beings, homo sapiens, are the only being that we know of who plans, organizes, and acts in story. Whenever you're trying to sell something, whenever you're trying to get someone to buy into a vision or a mission or whatever it might be, what are you doing, Joel? You're, you're telling them a story, a fictional story, actually, of what a brighter tomorrow can look like for you if you just do this. And then, of course, you as the business brand storyteller, your job is to deliver on the promises that you make in those stories. Now, if you were just to put together a list of features and functions of your product or service, which most people do, and then run out there and say, look at how wonderful we are, you want to buy some. Obviously, you want to buy some because we're so wonderful. Well, that's non-narrative. That's non-story. But if you turn that and you tell a story from the point of view of your prospect, what it is they want, and why it's important to them in relation to what you have to offer, but why don't they currently have it? Therefore, here's how you are uniquely equipped to help them get it. This is just the way our brains are hardwired to make meaning out of the madness of being human beings of this setup problem resolution dynamic. Um, and therefore, story. It just is, as you know, as a speaker, extraordinarily powerful. Well, one of the things I know for sure is that people remember stories. People don't remember strings of facts, but funny enough, they they do remember them when they're put into the context of a story. And and then they can retell the story to uh to other people on their team, to their spouse when they get home at night, uh to their children, what you know, whoever they, you know, whatever they're talking about, uh people tend to remember these things and they can tell them vividly. So, let's say that uh, you have an idea you want to put out there. Um what what's the you know a lot of people are going to have trouble even getting started uh and even though it may come naturally to them if they have to think about it they have they may have trouble getting started so how does somebody craft a story to put a context around something and and make some happen how does that start well let me give you an example so as a younger man when i was out interviewing for a job i was freshly out of school um of course i told them how how hard of a worker I was. 
And they're all like, oh, yeah, Park, you know, can you give me an example of that? And I said, well, I can tell you when I was about 10 years old growing up in the Pacific Northwest, it was one rainy Wednesday afternoon. And me and my brothers, we were digging fence posts to build this big cedar fence on this new property that my mom and dad had purchased out there. And I was whining, of course, at 10 years, 10 year olds do. And I'm like, I just went to school all day and now I got to be out here in the rain and I got to dig these fence posts, blah, blah, blah. And our dad drove in and he came in. He's a civil engineer, depression era guy, grew up in North Dakota, had absolutely nothing. It was very much of a self-made man, a very jolly, wonderful Norwegian. And he pulls in and he gets out of his station wagon. He looks over at me and he goes, hey, boys, how you doing? And of course, I started whining to my dad and he walked up and he all he said was, pick up that shovel or someone else will. And he turned around and walked off. And that had such an amazing impact on me as that 10-year-old whiny little boy there that I realized the value and the power of hard work. And I shared that story with that, that interviewer and got the job. And I could just see them light up and smile and literally lean in. So instead of me you know, having the opinion and the assertion that I'm a hard worker, I needed to show it in action. And so and what did what I the, do right there? And what the origin was. Now, one of the things I noticed is uh, you didn't start the way most people start a story, which is, let me tell you a story. Oh, no. Never <laughs> use the S word. You know that, right, Joel? Never <laughs> use the S word. And why is that? When they when you hear that, I'm going to tell you a story. What they they, they, they immediately roll their eyes and go, oh, my God, here we go. Oh, no. <laughs> Here we go. I don't have time for a story. He's going to BS me with a story. No, you just launch into a story. And I did a couple things. I used this proven framework called the five primal elements of a short story for big impact. I gave you a timestamp. I told you how old I was. And that in your brain, it triggers that limbic brain and saying, oh, something must have happened to Park because he's telling me when this moment went down. So I better pay attention to learn what I should do in case it ever happens to me. That's just kind of running in the background of our subconscious. And then I gave you a location stamp, Seattle, rainy, dreary, Wednesday afternoon, after school, whiny little boy. I, that was me. I was the central character in this. And I told it such that I'm hoping it came from the point of view of you, Joel, or your listeners. Like they could picture me and they've been in that same situation before. So even though I was the center of the story, I'm thinking about my audience because I want them to become the center of the story. Then I have action and surprise, the action in this case. Here I am digging fence posts, holes. Dad drives in, gets out with that big Norwegian smile of his. How you doing, boys? And then I start whining. And the surprise outcome of that was that one little brilliant piece of advice he gave. Pick up that shovel or someone else will which immediately instilled that value, that work ethic in me that has helped me throughout my 61 years on this planet now. Um, so I use these five primal elements of a short story to deliver my business point, to illustrate it, to show it, that I am indeed a hard worker and I believe the work ethic makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, you know, one of the things that... Um... I think if people have to sit down and actually craft the story, that's a little bit more difficult than just kind of being extemporaneous about it. I think a lot of us are natural storytellers, sure. but, but writing a story is more difficult. And 
uh, when somebody starts by saying, let me tell you a story, it's very off-putting. What I noticed about your thing was it just, the first five seconds, I just kind of was, became interested in it. You know, this little kid's doing this thing and, and I kind of lean in and I just was kind of hooked in. And I guess the goal of a story is to hook somebody so that they continue to listen and want more. Yeah, without a doubt. And to have them feel it, you know, have them picture it. Like you had said earlier, if we can fire up the theater of the mind and you can actually picture what's going on, you then create this sort of indelible stamp on their memory to make you much more memorable. And if you go back and you think about that S word, the story word, and I hear this all the time dealing with large sales groups that I'll be training Half of them will say, Park, I'm a rotten storyteller. Storytelling scares me. Nobody wants to hear my story. Don't make me tell a story, basically, right? It doesn't matter how accomplished these people are. There's something that does this to them. And what if, if you've got a listener right now thinking that, here's how I want you to reframe it. Don't tell a story. Share a moment in your life that had such an impact on you, it informs who you are today. Share that story, you know, locate, time stamp, location stamp, use the central character, the action, the surprise outcome that makes your business point for you. And you don't have to worry about the story. The story will naturally tell itself. But people are interested in those moments that inform why you do what you do in, in your life today. So don't think about storytelling. Think about moments. And and I, w- I wonder, you know, if uh, I just come back to this thing, you know, all of us have had experiences. All of us can recount those experiences. And those are stories. I mean, that if you think of it as a story, it's hard to tell. Uh, if you think of it as just an experience, it's easy to describe. And, and that's kind of the first place to start. But what if you're doing something that's more complicated? What if you're doing something like, uh, you know, telling something about the history of your company or why your company has a certain mission or why the CEO laid down a certain set of values for the company and why why the vision of the company is what it is. How do you frame that kind of story? Well, it all begins with the very simple framework that we teach called the and, but therefore, the ABT. And we'll get into that in a second. The and, but therefore works because it uses the three forces of story. And those forces are agreement, contradiction, and consequence. Our brain loves this. Our brain's pattern-seeking, cause-and-effect, decision-making, and it wants to know setup, problem, resolution. So when you are trying to tell a very complicated story or your origin story or something that takes a long time to tell, first start by finding your singular narrative using this and, but, therefore. You want to tell the story from the point of view of your audience, be they your prospect, a customer, a colleague, your kid, and you're trying to get them to eat their peas. Whatever it is, you want to tell that story from their point of view. And the only way to do that and to take a complex message and make it simple is to use this ABT framework. It's something that I learned after I did the deep dive into the more complicated hero's journey and the 15 beats of story by Blake Snyder and even in my delivery of my 10-step story cycle system, it all begins with this and, but therefore. And the way you write that, if you've got a pen or paper handy right now, here's what I want you to do. Think about a complex message that you have to share. And you're trying to figure out how do I simplify it and make it compelling? The first answer is, who's my audience relative to this complex message? What do they want relative to this complex message? 
And why is that important to them? That's your statement of agreement. That's your and statement of agreement. But why don't they currently have it? What's standing in their way and how is that upsetting their life? Therefore, what does tomorrow look like when they get it through your unique offering? And but therefore, it starts with your audience, placing them at the center of the story. Then it talks about what you make happen. And this is the other major paradigm shift. It's not about what you make. Nobody actually cares about your business, your brand, your product, your service, your widget. They don't care what you make. They care only what you can make happen in their life. And then the therefore is that call to action or that statement of consequence. And here's how we can help you get it. So that's where I would encourage all your people to start when they're thinking about that complex story. First, whittle it down to this ABT. You'll find the singular narrative, that one problem you're solving for, that audience that you'll place at the center of the story to demonstrate you understand them, you appreciate what they want and why that's important to them, and you empathize with why they don't currently have it because you have the solution that's going to help them get there. Does that make sense? It, it's it's a great format. I, I like the structure. The one thing that I want you to uh, kind of explain a little more is from the perspective of the audience, how do you frame this in the perspective of the audience? How do you, you know, how do you put them front and center? How does that happen? Research, research, research. <laughs> so who are they and what are they, what, what do they care about? So your listeners, that you said are leaders of mid-sized companies for the most part, what do they typically want? Why do they come to your show, Jewel? Well, listen, they're, they're looking for uh, unique ways to solve problems that they encounter or they're looking for new ideas about things that maybe they haven't thought about before. And you offer that inside track, which I really love that line that you talk about. There are lots of ways to get there. There are some very circuitous ways, a long way around the barn to get there, or you can learn from people that can show you the inside track so you have speed to impact, right? So that's what they're looking for. You've got like you know a dedicated follower uh, who's a leader in a mid-sized company, and they want to 10x their growth, you know, without the cumbersome operations that go with it. But where do you possibly find this inside information that will enable you to actually do it? Therefore, listen to Joel and the guests he has on who are proven entrepreneurs that can give you the tips, techniques, tricks, you know, insights to be able to take that inside track the success of your organization and your people. And and so when you understand that, how do you tell the story though from that perspective? Okay, so what you're saying is here's how you identify who the audience is. I get that part. Mm -hmm. How do you tell the story from that perspective though? So then what I, I do is I will use an ABT to set up the story and I'll try to be able to to articulate that ABT in under 15 seconds, because again, I'm using those three forces of story. Then I'll say, for instance, let me tell you about Joel. And then I will share a story that my audience can relate to using, in this case, you are my, my character, Joel, talking about something that happened specifically to you that they can learn from. So, and and that, so that would be like a uh, storytelling. So you, talk, you talk about learning. a third party situation that that they can then relate to. Let's talk for a second about the hero's journey because okay. you know you brought this up. I was thinking about it. I want to bring it up, but now that you did, uh, 
how does the hero's journey, uh, you know, how do we make, how does the storyteller make the customer be the hero? That's the part of the hero's journey that's always kind of uh, eluded me. Well, and here's the thing is, so as business leaders and owners and whatever, we tend to think that that hero's journey is about us and everything we went through and how we persevered and created this great widget and voila, here you go, where you need to turn that and you play the more important role of mentor or guide. So through that research, you understand what hero's journey your prospect is currently on, where are they? within that journey of trying to get something out of life that they want to attain, but the universe is pushing back so that you understand them so well that you insert yourself as their mentor or guide to help them get what they want on their journey. Um, I was at uh, Robert McKee's legendary screenwriting seminar, three-day seminar at the Sheridan LAX back in 2010. And I was in a room of 300 wannabe screenwriters. And I was one of about five marketers there because I was simply there to try to understand what did Hollywood know, you know, that we should be using in business development um, about storytelling. Hero's Journey was just one of the frameworks that he talked about, but he said something so interesting to that crowd. And again, he's speaking to Hollywood screenwriters at this point, not marketers, but it completely you know, works for us too. He says, if you are going to be successful with your script, you need to understand your character in a godlike way. So when you write for that character, you are embodying them and you know everything about their world and what's going on. You're telling the story. And the reason why that is, is audiences are super smart. And if you were there trying to get them to buy into this story, you're telling them in the movie and you are not 100% bought into that character and know them in a godlike way, the audience will never be bought in. So that hit me like a ton of bricks as a marketer. I said, you know what? We have to not only own, know our audiences in a godlike way, but what makes them tick and where are they on the story journey, in the story journey, so we know which stories to tell. They may be at the very beginning of it and have yet to have that call to adventure that uh, Campbell talks about in the monomyth or the hero's journey. Well, maybe your story then needs to provide that call to adventure to shake them out of status quo and get them on the adventure with you. Maybe they're already in an adventure with someone else or they're in that adventure because they've done absolutely nothing and now things are falling down around them. So you need to then tell a story about, okay, you are already committed to this thing. It ain't working very well for you. Here is how we are uniquely equipped to help you now in the next part of this journey. Maybe they're coming just out of it and they're returning back to their ordinary world with the boon, as Campbell says. Well, maybe they're returning to their ordinary world with a competitor's product and they're still not happy with it. If you don't understand that when you go in, then you're going to be firing from the hip with stories that are going to actually connect to them from their point of view with the hero's journey that they are currently on and where they are at within that journey. Let's um let's bring this back to the the corporate environment, you know, where all of our listeners operate. Okay, so you've kind of given us a framework about how stories work. What's the role of story in a company? You know, is is it just for the salespeople? Is, you know, how do other people use it? How does and I want to talk about how to create who writes the story that everybody tells or how that happens. But 
who is all this material really for? Well, it's for everybody that interacts with your company. I will say when you build a storytelling culture, you are first getting your colleagues to buy into your vision, your mission, and what everybody is on board to try to you know, accomplish. So they become an active member of your story. And that's going to include everything from your origin story. Why did you start this thing in the first place? So your vision story, where are we going with this? To your tension stories, here are the obstacles we are inevitably going to hit, and here's how we need to have you to be a part of that. To your final triumph stories, and what you're trying to do, of course, is build trust through that connection, that origin story. And again, this is not only just for your colleagues, but it's for your shareholders, it's for your investors, it's for your prospects, your customers, even the communities that you serve that you operate within and have that kind of impact. And if you don't have this shared story, um, they're going to make one up. They're going to control your narrative, and that ain't cool. I think it was Jeff Bezos that said, you know, a brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. I've co-opted that a little bit, and I say a brand is about the stories people tell themselves about you when you're not in the room. So you want to be able to control that. So it starts at the very top, and then it filters down. I do a ton of work for, like, Home Depot, uh, Walmart Canada, Goodwill, and these organizations, both profit and nonprofit, are trying to build this storytelling culture so that people can share the vision of the brand or the organization from their own perspective, how they are having an impact in that organization. And of course, they're taught to tell their story from their audience's point of view. Why? What does it take to get that audience to care? And that means you got to tell that story from their perspective. They use it for sales. You can use it for marketing. You should. You can even brand, you know, bridge that gap between sales and marketing. A lot of time, marketing's just out there with a bunch of hyperbole, and the salespeople are like, "God dang it, that doesn't work in the field." Well, when they're on board with a common storytelling language, starting with the end, but therefore, it's a way to uh, coordinate everything from their website landing pages to what is actually being said in the field. And then, of course, customer service. When that phone inevitably rings for help or kudos or whatever it might be, they need to be armed with the same narrative so that your, your prospects and your customers have this consistency of story throughout the whole organization. Where, so where does it come from? Does it, uh, do, do people make up their own stories? Do, do, uh, do, do, does somebody like you come in and help them craft a story? The marketing department is easy. Those tend to be professional people who are writing commercials and they're telling a little story to the whole world. And that's what the commercials are, the marketing material that goes out. But it's a little bit more difficult when a salesperson has to uh, go online and talk to somebody or tell them a story or, you know, so how, how does this kind of evolve in companies? Yeah. So what I do is I go in and, and they certainly, you know, hire me or other folks out there, but I teach them this first framework of the end, but therefore, um, and then we level them up, but we show them how to tell true stories. Well told, because you don't want to just be making and fabricating stuff, making fiction. You want to say, you know, here's a true story about where we came from. Here's a true story about our vision and how we are gaining on that. Here's a true story about a customer and what actually happened to them. Of course, you're not going to be saying this story word, are you? But it, but for your listeners, you use them across the board and you go and you unearth and reveal these stories. You've got a ton of them out there. 
They're just sitting right below the surface. It's a matter of going in and looking at them. And in fact, Joel, I did a TEDx talk on this about four years ago that said it was about stop looking for your story and start finding your scenes, those moments that informed who you are today or those moments that really have worked in sales for a customer and so forth. Knit those moments together and your story is going to find you. So it goes back to that idea. First, figure out what the singular narrative is with your and but therefore, and then use the five primal elements of a short story to tell your prospect that story. And you can use that in under um, 60 seconds. So in the first 90 seconds of that meeting, you've used two proven frameworks, the and but therefore, and the five primal elements of a short story for big impact to hook into that pattern-seeking, decision-making limbic brain. Or organizations are absolutely littered with stories. They are everywhere. It's just a matter of intentionally going out and digging them up. You know, do uh, how many people do a good job of cataloging? There, there was a speaker uh, that I'm aware of, and she used to keep notebooks of funny things that happened to her, and then she'd go back to them, and that was her her fodder for telling great stories. And uh, you know, I think a lot of uh, speakers do that sort of thing where they kind of keep track of funny things that happen or just little little whatever ideas. Uh, you know, I don't know that companies do a great job of that. Do you help them do that too? Yeah, I show them how. And it's just as simple as just a little notebook that says, you know, that time when, and then you jot down that quick little memory jogger of what happened, or maybe you kind of outline the story without writing out the entire thing. Um, in fact, right now with Goodwill of Central Arizona, They've got 80-some stores out here, and then they also own the franchise out in Maryland. I'll be going out there in a couple of days. Not only am I showing them these two narrative frameworks, but we're working with them on three story um, uh, categories. First, your personal story. Why do you do what you, what you do today? You know, Goodwill is all about ending poverty in people's lives through the power of work. So we show them, and we ask them to find these moments and, and use the ABT and the five primal elements to share that story. So there's a personal moment story, and there's a you'll find a ton of them in there. There's the position story or professional story. So how does how does my story um, get expressed in my position here at Goodwill? So we ask them to go and find moments while working at Goodwill that demonstrate the impact they're having in helping to eradicate poverty through the power of work. And then we have a project story. Saying, okay, that's good. We've established why you do what you do as a person, how you do it as a professional. Now show it to us in action. And we ask them, you know, to take us to a moment when they've launched a project or the impact a project has had on somebody. And again, they're all about moments. When did it happen? Where did it happen? Who's the central character that your audience can relate to? What happened? What was the surprising outcome of that happening that underscores your business point or that aha moment? That makes your point for you. And then all we ask them to do, Joel, is get a notebook out, whatever it takes, that time when, and just start writing these memory joggers and these stories will just start flooding in. The interesting thing was we had about 12 to 15 people in each of our half-day sessions. And I said, after we got done with the four-hour session, I said, guess what? There are 27 new stories now sitting in this room that very few people have ever heard about. Go and share them with your colleagues, trigger stories in them, and start capturing them in your notebooks. In Goodwill's case, they have more of a platform that they're using for people to share their stories so that they can then you know, share them throughout the organization, but also cherry pick the really powerful ones that they can use 
in their sales and marketing. Hey, real quick. Uh, some people are so long-winded that they just, they, they turn a great story, you know, in, in, into a, into a sleeping nightmare. You know, I, <laughs> I mean, how, how do you know, what's the guideline about how long something should be and when, when does long-winded start and when does appropriate stop? Yeah. You know, I mean, give it, give us a couple of guidelines. And, but therefore start with that. You get one and that is your setup. That is your statement of agreement. That is your act one, this, this, and this, but now we're into act two, but then this went down. Therefore, here's act three. Here was the surprising outcome. Then when you build this, and you're like, okay, Park, that feels a little bit vacuous, but I got my basic story framework down. Go and allow yourself, you know, five to six very well chosen words that light up the mind that that you know help describe and be specific about what you're what you're about and have some fun with it. You know what I mean? Don't just be blah blah blah. I can actually give you an example of what I'm talking about, especially in the business world. Um, this was for a company called Kinodyne that was in the trucking business. And here's just a quick the story they're trying to tell on their landing page. And this the landing page was called Flatbed Trailer Cargo Securement. So real quick, here's how it reads. We are the cargo control people, and we are here to help truckers and fleets alike get back control over their cargo. If it's a tie-down problem, we'll give you the ideal solution to make the securement job a smooth and effortless process. From straps to winches, the ropes to hooks, we have everything you need to help you securely tie down your important cargo. Well, that's non-narrative. There was no real problem introduced here. Number two, it was all about the brand. They're the center of the story without really talking about the reader or the customer. And it absolutely goes nowhere. It's just blah, 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 blah. So here's how you can revise it. And here's what I did with an ABT for them. Same basic content, but feel the difference, Joel, in this different order. Your cargo is gold and it's critical to ship it as safely as possible but there are many potholes along the road to a successful delivery. Therefore, secure your valuable load with the straps, winches, ropes, and hooks from the cargo control people at Kinodyne. Yeah. Now, yeah. that isn't a story in of itself, but it uses those three forces of story to hook you. And if you were making a sales presentation, you could start with something like that, make it in your own words, and then say, oh, and let me tell you about Joel, who has his trucking company out of Kansas City, Missouri, and what happened to them one day when this huge wind came up, you know, and then you quickly pay off that and but therefore story that sets the scene with an actual story. And if you do that well, then you've got them leaning in and they are ready to hear the rest of the story. Listen, you know, so you got this ABT, you got this, the five points, you got the, all these different is, is this stuff written as in a book? Is there something people can follow? This, there's a little bit, it's a little dense. It's a little too much for somebody just to remember and kind of start working on. Uh, so in between them listening to this and calling you directly, is there some intermediate step that they can take? Absolutely. And we've got a quick online course. It's one hour long. It's three modules, three 20 minute modules where I teach you how to apply the ABT. And even if you just get through the first module, you will be way ahead of the game. But I'm I'm saying take the deep dive and go through all three. You're going to find it at businessofstory.com forward slash bullseye for your show, Joel. 
And if they go there, there'll be a link to the course. You'll get 30% off of it. It's not very expensive to begin with, but start there. And then number two, I've got this little book called The Narrative Gym for Business. It's a crisp little 75-page guide loaded with examples of the ABT in action and business and organizational communications. Check it out there. But start by just biting off that ABT apple. These three words I'm telling you will revolutionize how you communicate. Yeah, the, the Park, this has really been cool. I mean, I, number one, I, I endorse this sort of thing. I, I, I love story. I, I think that it just it hooks people in. And, you know, the promise of the show is to deliver the inside track, the best, smartest or fastest way to get something done. And uh, and you have done that. And when people do that on the show, uh, we call those people advantage players. And, and that makes you an advantage player. And uh, I am delighted that you shared this with our audience. Uh, and I'm just delighted to have you as a friend. And, and, and I hope you'll continue to be a friend of the show. Absolutely, Joel. Thanks for having me here. And when I saw the write-up on your show about the inside track, and I never thought about this communication tool that way, I thought, by golly, that's what this is. It is the inside track of being able to make your message land right the first time, every time when you get it down. But it just simply takes practice. You can use them in your emails. You can use them everywhere, but just practice it, practice it, practice it. It does. Well, listen, thank you very much for being on the show and, uh, and we'll continue to stay in touch. Awesome. Thank you, Joel. You've been listening to Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. For more insights and to learn more, visit joelblock.com. How about a shout out and a huge thanks to our podcast show producer, David Wolf, and the team at Autovita Studios. Profit from the inside wouldn't be possible without these wonderful professionals. To learn more or to find out how you can launch and produce your own podcast show, reach out to www.audivita.com. That's A-U-D-I-V-I-T-A.com. Produced by Audivita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.